Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. And Bruce Klein get in with, uh, or for the Mike Smith Show, in with Keith Baldry, Global News Legislative Bureau Chief. And you know, Keith, uh, some headlines really do die hard, especially after the civic elections. Boy, you talk about Surrey being, uh, being one of those areas that it just lives on. Keith, how are you this morning? Very good, Bruce. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, thanks. But uh, looking at Doug McCallum requesting a recount, boy, that's a bit of a surprise, isn't it? Well, if it's, I guess if it's Doug McCallum, maybe it's not. I mean, he is the guy who does the unexpected things. Uh, so, yeah, he, he lost by almost 1,000 votes. Uh, on this count, uh, he is entitled under the local elections act section 146, I believe, where he's got nine days to request a judicial recount. That means he has to convince a VC, he has to provide evidence to a VC Supreme Court judge that somehow the votes weren't counted properly or some weren't counted at all, and then a, a recount would be granted and the recount would occur. But he has to make that argument first. He has to. Be, provide enough compelling evidence in front of a judge. I'm not sure how he's going to be able to do that. We're not talking about, you know, 50 votes or 75 votes. This is almost 1,000 votes. And, uh, again, it's a tough task ahead of him to to make this uh, this case in front of a judge. And then the recount would actually have to occur. And I just think the mathematical odds of this overturning the election are um, very, very uh, high. I just don't see this uh, succeeding. Yeah, odds are low, um, but he is allowed, as you said, if he makes that argument. But it's going to be interesting to see what he pulls out and and into question in order to make that argument. Um, Boy, that's going to be interesting. It's a tough task. Is he going to argue that some ballot box was missed or something? I mean, you do have scrutineers here, but nowhere near the level of scrutineers at the provincial election or federal election scene. So, again, that's that's a pretty big mountain for him to climb, and I'd be very surprised if he pulls this off. The other big issue, of course, in Surrey is this question about uh, the transition or not from the RCMP to the Surrey Police Service. It goes back and forth on uh, can it be done, can it not be done. There are different opinions. But Mike Farnworth for for the province runs point on this. And uh, here's what he had to say, the very latest from him. This is a very complex process with a lot of implications. And so I look forward to how Surrey is going to do this. Um, I expect, you know, the plan to deal with those issues. Um, it's obviously going to cost a significant amount of money. And, you know, that plan's got to be made public. Because people want to know how it will unfold. Keith, what does that mean? Well, it's, you know, I, I talked to farmers about this after that scrum, and he's very clear that Brenda Locke, and her council have to provide a very detailed plan how they're going to pull pull this off. They're not going to be able to do it with provincial assistance. It's the ball is totally in their court. And he and he said this in the scrum that his chief responsibility is to guarantee a safe community in Surrey through policing. 
and that means nothing can be done to dismantle policing uh, if it if it uh, jeopardizes the safety of residents in in uh, Surrey. So this is not simply, as he put it, it's not like flicking off a light switch off and on. This is a very complex matter. It may very well be the case where the the you know the train has left the station to such a point that it can't come back. Um, but the ball is in Brenda Locke's court. If, they, if she and her team can put together a plan to untransition, as Mike Farnworth puts it, the transition plan, uh, then that can conceivably happen. But there's a lot of T's to cross and a lot of I's to dot here. And it's not going to be as simple, I think, as, as perhaps Ms. Locke is uh, um, uh, stating that it will be. Not as simple, and as you and I have discussed uh, discussed yesterday, probably not very cheap either. Um, well, let's turn to Vancouver and uh, getting some buzz around Twitter, and even uh, Pierre Polyev has uh, weighed in on the Vancouver election. Uh, he says, oh, you know what? Vancouver removed an NDP mayor, he says. But vo- voters in Vancouver have said enough. They have fired the NDP mayor and rejected the radical policies and instead voted to remove the gatekeepers to build more affordable homes and bring in common sense laws to restore safe streets. Will the government in Ottawa finally get the message? Whoa. <laughs> Not sure about <laughs> radical radical policies of uh, Kennedy Stewart, but you know this, this is typical Polyev. I mean, he's seizing upon this. I'm, you know, I'm not surprised. I don't blame him at all. I mean, the uh, the NDP mayor Kennedy Stewart was defeated quite handily. Uh, so f- for sure, Polyev is going to jump on this now. Whether you're going to see instant housing affordability, I think is very unlikely. No matter who's in city hall in Vancouver, but uh, obviously, what's happened in BC. Uh, there was a political earthquake in a number of municipalities where the incumbents lost, both mayors and a number of councillors. The likes of which we have not seen a municipal election like this before, Bruce, certainly not in my memory, where so many incumbents paid a heavy price here, where an electorate is just not in the mood right now to entertain the status quo. They want change. And that helps people who want change, and that includes Pierre Poliev, because he's hoping for a change in government as well. And we're still uh, hearing that buzz around Victoria, are we, that a uh, little bit of a, a nervous feeling for the uh, current government? Well, yes and no. I mean, uh, there's a research co- uh, poll out today that uh, shows the NDP still significantly more popular than the Liberals, 44% to 30 five percent um which is a, a pretty big gap uh, so the the best thing the NDPs have going for them is the liberals are still yet to regain their way uh as much as the, the ndp as government it piles up the inevitable pile of baggage uh the opposition is still not as strong as it was uh you know before before the ndp came into power but having said that i've got to call them out this week that um, the results on saturday should give david eby and the ndp pause for concern and at the very least uh, quash any notion of going to testing the electorate with an early election as early as this spring i think that was the that scenario has been dashed uh, when you look at the results on Saturday when people are saying no thanks to the status quo. And that means if a provincial election were held today, the research co poll findings notwithstanding, there may be a danger for the NDP to go early. Keith, one of the ones that uh, caught me by, well, I wouldn't say surprise, but uh, caught me uh, raising an eyebrow today is uh, word at 2 o'clock, Adrian Dix is going to be holding a newser on uh, workplace safety for healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. Now, given everything that we've talked about and this poll, 
uh, it almost seems like we're going back to the base to kind of reach out uh, to labor, isn't it? Well, it, you know, workplace safety has been a pretty big issue for nurses and, and hospital workers for some time. So my understanding is today there is going to be an announcement to, to establish more security personnel in schools, in, emerg- or, sorry, in hospitals and emergency rooms in particular to uh, ensure uh, higher standards of workplace safety. It also comes as... Of course, the nurses' union is in contract talks. Uh, the G- BCGEU yesterday announced that their members had ratified their contract. This is the key sort of uh, template contract for the public sector by 53%, which is pretty low. HU uh, ratified theirs by only 64%. But the other big one is the BC Nurses' Union. And I think today's announcement, my understanding, the Nurses' Union is going to have representatives at this announcement. And to me, that's a sign that perhaps there is going to be an agreement with the Nurses' Union on a new contract because workplace safety is arguably as much important to them as wages because it's it's just an increasingly serious concern for them. Bruce Claggett in for Mike Smith, and we're talking about uh, issues, whether local or provincial, with Keith Baldry. And Baldry's beat uh, many calls already on the line. People phoning in at 604-280-9898. Let's get right to some of them. Jim in Surrey, what's on your mind this morning, Jim? Good morning, gentlemen. Um, Keith, I, I, I woke up to a nightmare when I heard this this morning, but I read the regulations on what it takes for a recount, and, and I, just, I just cannot see any judge even entertaining the possibility of a recount. It's just so remote. But, you know, what's your opinion? Yeah, well, I agree with you. Uh, I, I read the the act last night, after, minutes after the news release came out from, from McCallum, and Unlike uh, in the BC Elections Act, where there's a recount can be defined as a percentage of the vote, a very you know, or a, t- a tiny portion of the vote triggers a recount. In local elections, it's simply you got to make an argument in front of a judge, and you got to show some evidence that this has actually happened, that there's either been a miscount, or votes or votes were missing, and so far no evidence to support that has emerged, and it has to be pretty uh, persuasive because the the margin between Brenda Locke and Doug McCallum is still very, on a percentage basis, it's very small, it's less than 1%, but on a pure vote number, it's still quite large. It's almost 1,000 votes. And again, so the task is a big one for Doug McCallum, I think, to make this argument in front of the judge. And then even if he succeeds in making that argument, statistically, back to my statistics class, it would be very hard to see uh, a recount uh, overturning a election result that has such a, har- a large margin between the two candidates. I've, 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 we've seen recounts before uh, turn, but we're talking about you know less than 200 votes or 100 votes where yeah. a recount can result in a different outcome. When we're talking almost 1,000 votes, that's almost statistically impossible. This is going to be interesting to see. He has to come out with a very strong argument. It's not just a matter of, well, I'm able to do it. Let's uh, do mm-hmm. our due, due diligence. Jim and Surrey, thank you so much for your call. Also in Surrey, Doug. Doug, what's on your mind this morning? Hi, Bruce and Keith. Um, I was just thinking if they ran into too much static getting rid of McCallum's army there at the Surrey Police Service, they should give them the jurisdiction from Newton up to the Fraser and from Scott Road up to about 176. There's enough crime in that area. I live in the general area there. They could they could keep them occupied the rest of their existence just in, in you know street-level policing. They don't have to get rid of them and get rid of all those people. Just put them to work in that area. 
they would be occupied forever. You know, it may be uh, tongue-in-cheek there, Doug, but uh, Keith, when it comes right down to it, I think Doug makes a good point. We've got so much crime in Syria, especially in some neighborhoods, that it doesn't matter. There's going to have to be some spending, more spending when it comes to Surrey on the RCMP. Well, again, it's uh, the balls in Brenda Locke's court. She and her team had to come up with a plan. It maybe it incorporates something like what Doug's talking about of uh, other uh, policing services added to the mix. But uh, it's going to be interesting. As Mike Farmer says, it's not the case of flicking a light switch off and on. This is a very complex matter. And who knows where this is headed? It may very well be the, the case that it cannot be untransitioned in, in Farnworth's words. Uh, maybe the transition has to go ahead. But it's early days, but Locke is the one, the onus is on her to show how exactly this is going to happen rather than just having news conferences saying it's going to be done. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate the call. In Vancouver, Pat, Pat, what's on your mind? Uh, I'm just wondering, Keith, uh, you know, a lot is being made about the fact that the right wing party took over from the left-wing party in Vancouver. How does that um, uh, go for the rest of the province? Like a lot of incumbents have lost. Is it left-leaning incumbents losing to right-leaning incumbents mostly, or is it... No. All over the map. All over the map. So you've got... uh, I don't think this is a case of left-wing and right versus right-wing, or right-wing versus left-wing, because there's numerous uh, exceptions to any one of those arguments. In some cases, in, in Langford here, for example, a, right, a center-right pro-development party was turfed in favor of a uh, more progressive uh, party about uh, the environment and, and social um, policies at their priorities. So that was one case. You, you put that in contrast to Vancouver, where a center-right party was elected at the expense of, of sort of center-left administration. And the, the examples are numerous right across the province, in some cases right-wing, some cases left-wing people emerged as victors. But the chief pattern that occurred across the province was the ouster of incumbents, whether they were left-wing or right-wing. That was the dominant feature. of People certainly wanted to change. uh, They wanted to change. It didn't matter if you were a left-wing council or a right-wing council. People just wanted to change. Yeah, and some outrage there too. In Vancouver, Michelle, how are you feeling and what are your thoughts? Hi there. Uh, yeah, I, I've got an idea where they can put the police in Surrey. They can bring them into the 100 that we need in Vancouver. But anyway, that was not my point. My point was uh, a question to Keith about the trustees uh, elected on ABC. It's, I believe I, I heard something about one of the ABC ones being, um, you know, turfed out of the caucus, if you want to call it that. And wonder what Keith's take on that was in terms of uh, the now underwhelming majority that they might have on on the school board. Good question, Michelle. Uh, Keith, what are your thoughts yeah, the about board, these slates? The school board's running below the radar on a number of fronts because the council's got so much attention. So it's going to be interesting in school boards. A lot of teachers' associations succeeded in getting their candidates elected. And what was interesting, the Parents' Action Party, which is the sort of right-wing Christian candidates, anti-SOGI and such, they, by all accounts, uh, from what I can uh, glean, were unsuccessful in electing any candidates. So I think school boards are still a little more, um, less, less, more, less evidence of more incumbents being ousted than at the city council. I could be wrong, but just a, a rudimentary check on some of the school board results shows there wasn't the same type of uh, you know, kick the bums out mentality as there seemed to be for mayors and councils. 
Thank you very much, Michelle, and thanks uh, for all the calls, great ones. If you didn't get a chance to get your voice heard, you can always, always call our buzz line. The phone number is 604-331-2899. The buzz line is 604-331-2899. And Keith, as usual, thank you to you. Talk to you tomorrow.